2: We rely on Draymond bringing that energy and fire, you know, throughout the course of the season, year after year, felt like we just had to let everybody know that we were here tonight. You know, whether that's their crowd, their team, our team, whoever wants to see that energy and that, that fire, we feed off of that. You know, I think it helped us kind of just get settled into the game because obviously our experience, you can want it so bad, you kind of get in your own way a little bit and everybody feels a little bit of pressure and it can go the opposite way, I wanted to try to. Leverage that, the you know, in a positive direction for us to start the game. I don't rank my performances though; just win the game.
3: There you go, Steph Curry, not ranking his performances, but that would have to be at close to top of the list. We can rank his performances, Whitey Gleason, as we welcome you back into our number three Warriors this week. As I am in Boston a hotel lobby edition of Warriors this week here (laughs) on 95.7 The Game uh, with two hours to go. Uh, Not just one of the all-time great Steph Curry performances, but I think one of the all-time great finals performances, period, last night from Steph Curry. Uh, A couple of questions on the board here at 888-957-9570. Just how you feeling about this series now? Curry goes off. Warriors had to have it, but it's a 2-2 series. How does this thing end uh, and and how maybe is how you thought it would end changed with the way the first four games have played out, and uh, yeah, where would you rank Steph Curry's performance in in finals history uh, as well here on the board? As we'll get back to the calls, but uh, want a little mini reset here off the top of our number three, Whitey. Well, let me just speaking of great performances in finals history, JD.
4: Happy anniversary of the flu game. It was on this date in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, Michael Jordan, and that's the first time in my life I ever heard the term from Marv Albert. Flu-like symptoms. Michael Jordan with flu-like symptoms. What does that mean? Does he have the flu? He has symptoms? We didn't know at the time. Apparently, someone, you know, poisoned his pizza. But it was on this day, 1997, sick and suffering from flu-like symptoms. He was staggered, dehydrated, exhausted. Michael Jordan, 38 points against the Utah Jazz in Game 5 and the Bulls went on to uh, take a 3-2 series lead in the finals, won that series. So that was an impressive one. Michael Jordan's flu
3: game. Happy anniversary, J.D. This date, also the anniversary six years ago today, Whitey, of the discussion on this very program at this very hour about whether the NBA would suspend Draymond Mm. Green for a game five because game four in Cleveland was on Friday, June the 10th, uh just like last night's game and that was the game where the Warriors won game 4 in Cleveland to take the 3-1 series advantage but Draymond got tangled up with LeBron and the whole step over and would it turn into something that could get Draymond Green suspended essentially in the exact moment by which the Warriors had had all but clinched the series taking that 3-1 lead in Cleveland I remember being there and just it was it was so quiet, and, and the belief was, damn, the Warriors are really going to do it to us again, taking that 3-1 series lead. And the debate, and I, I remember clear as day doing this show with Stiney from a studio in Cleveland six years ago and thinking, and we both agreed, there's no way that's going to result in a, in a, in a point huh. that would result in a suspension. And we took a lot of calls about it, even talked to a couple of people from Cleveland, and nobody really thought it was going to happen. And then it happened, and it changed the trajectory of, of that entire series. And mm-hmm. changed the trajectory of basketball history. I'll
4: never forget, because I, for what it's worth, I had picked the worst to win that series in five. And I was just, one of those things where I was just so, it's like, I know it. I know they're going to do it. And when they won that game, I was feeling like, man, I got this. And then I had on NBA TV, I wasn't in Cleveland with you guys, but watching on NBA TV when LeBron was talking and, uh, you know, I'm kind of not paying full attention. And he says something about, yeah, I don't know if he'll be suspended. And I was like, wait, what? What, is, what did he say? What is yeah. he talking about? It was, right. it was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. But I will say this, and we don't want to talk about LeBron a lot. He did have some nice things to tweet about Steph last night. But when you talk about the all-time great performances, I mean, that game seven that he had against the Warriors, uh, you know, that was one of the all-time great performances in finals history.
3: definitely definitely was and and yeah i know we don't like to relive it in these parts but right. uh it it You brought you was. brought it it's up like, not me you brought it up jd well i, I brought it up cuz i am big on the this date and da da da, da, sure. da da and you had yeah. a you had a great one and there was one that that did come to mind because this, this series is on that same timeline where uh the irony of uh, if, if it winds up being a seven-game series, I've thought, hey, that was a seven-game series. And every date of every game matches just because the, mm. the calendar for, for 16 matches uh, the calendar here for, for 2022. And some similarities, I guess, in, in maybe the competitiveness uh, of that series. Although uh, it, it got a little weird for the Warriors in the, in the final three games of that one, no doubt. Let's uh, keep it moving on the phone lines. A lot of people that want to talk. Chris, Sam, Banker Brian Kirk, we're coming to you rapid fire. Chris and Livermore tipping us off here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Chris?
5: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just have two points uh, about last night. and I haven't uh, seen an opera for a while, but I felt like I saw one last night. Um, it mm. was kind of a beautiful op- opera. Um, you know, you had all the players within the orchestra like the violin section with Wiggins leading it, Thompson's leading the string section, um, you got Poole doing the flute section, and Looney doing the horn as well as Dream on the drums of course, and but Steph was the, the lead opera singer of the night. He did really, really well. And um, I don't also think Coach Kerr should get some credit. He could be the maestro because, um, you know, uh, second point is I've never seen um, Coach Kerr, Maestro Kerr, change up the line, lineup as much as he did last night. Um, and, you know, he kind of took Draymond out, brought him back in. There's a few other players that were in there that were kind of unusual for the season. So I think that also might have rattled the, the Celtics a little bit.
3: Yeah, he did change things up, but I think he also deserves credit, Chris, and thanks for the call to for, for sticking with the, the, the same players that had been playing. I know there was a lot of call from the outside and from the Warrior fan base to make some changes, play Kaminga, play Moody, yeah. do this, do that, play the young guys, and I think Steve Kerr deserves a lot of credit for not doing it. He changed up the rotation pattern. He changed the starting lineup. He did bench Draymond Green. He did, at one point, bench Klay Thompson, All fair, but he stuck with, uh, as I said it yesterday, he trusted the trustables, maybe rearranged the deck chairs a little bit, but it wound up being enough to guide the Warriors to their biggest win of the season.
4: Yeah, real quick, because I know if the Warriors had lost, I think we'd be talking a lot about that, but real quick on the Kuminga thing again. You know, someone called last night. and We appreciate everyone listening. We get we get great calls. I'm not calling this caller out, so to speak. But someone said, hey, we put Kaminga in. A lot of people have been saying this. Put Kaminga in and maybe, you know, you put him in for a few minutes and maybe he does great. Well, obviously, the other side is it's more likely, given his lack of experience, that he's not going to do great. And it's the finals and you just don't have that luxury of let's try the kid. You know, and then he has a couple bad possessions, and all of a sudden, you know, the game's tilted the wrong way for you. You just can't do that. So, um, Steve Kerr, what he did last night, I think the significance of the Draymond benching, and he handled it well after the game, and Draymond did too, to his credit. And Draymond did on his podcast. But that was a moment where I think the Warriors' culture was, was tested. I mean, that could have caused a splintering there, and it's to everyone's credit, both Draymond coming back playing well and to Kerr that's like he recognized – I. People may not like this. Draymond's not going to like it, but I got no choice. I got to do this. The Warrior culture was tested, and it came through, I think, after last night. We think, we'll see. I think it came through stronger, the fabric of it stronger now than it was before that happened.
3: Yep, and it gives Draymond now an opportunity at home to bounce back and maybe play yeah. better and, and, and be a bigger factor. In, in the next biggest game of the Warriors season. Friday night was the biggest game of the Warriors season. Well it is right up until six oh seven Pacific time on, on Monday night because that then becomes the biggest game of the Warriors season. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Sam in San Francisco is up next here. Hey Sam Hey
1: you guys hear me okay? Sorry, I'm in the uh loud and clear aisle the story. Cool. Hey um uh just a quick question about defense um, like a, like a like a visible like a visible question. So like in the, I think I noticed in the fourth quarter. I mean, it seemed like the Warriors were really clogging up the lane on defense in response to, to Brown just kind of scoring at will in the third. I mean, is that something that, am I right about that? I mean, were they basically kind of forcing Brown to pass outside and kind of taking the chances with the Celtics shooting threes? Is that does that sound right?
3: Yes, I think th- there was greater help, Sam, and and we appreciate the call. I think there was just on drives there were there was greater help. There were there were two people coming up on each side. Uh, and and they were trying to force him to to not maybe go right, but there was just more more clogging of the paint and then trying to get out to shooters and it led to the Celtics, I think, making the quick pass because they wanted to get the ball moving, and then they'd have an open look. But it was a quick bad shot a lot of the time. And in the times where Brown or others were able to drive, the defense would be able to collapse, and they forced some misses in there, and they forced a couple of turnovers in there. So, Sam, I think, is spot on, Whitey. I saw the same thing Sam did, and I, you know, we'll we'll go back and
4: and watch it again. But I, I think this also speaks to the big advantage the Warriors have now. But yeah, fourth quarter, Boston, you know, they have had some success beating the Warriors off the dribble, and that wasn't happening in the fourth quarter last night. And then they were taken, to your point, J.D.'s a lot of threes. They were four for 13 on threes in the fourth quarter were the Celtics. Uh, the Warriors also shot. They made half their shot, so they got their defense set as well, which was key. But you look at the fourth quarter crunch time, and the Warriors clearly knew who was running the show, and he did so expertly and Steph was brilliant but there's no question who was running the offense with Boston who's running the offense it is a question I mean at times you could almost see are they gonna push the tempo here it looks like smart wants to oh Tatum wants to slow it down so we know from the first three games that Boston has an advantage in terms of their size and their athleticism But a huge Warrior advantage uh, really became visible last night. Come crunch time, the Warriors offensively, even though Boston plays great defense, they're much more organized. They know what they're doing. And too often the Celtics, they're not sure. And sometimes they have two people doing two different things.
3: Right, and they, and they have to play faster in an attempt to succeed. And I thought the the Warriors made them slow it down a little bit in in essence, right? Like they they want to play faster and in getting into it, but I think they were they were much more indecisive, I guess. to your yes. point. Uh, once they were getting into it, and then it was like, oh, open shot, okay, let let's yeah. take that open shot. And and really, it it is sort of the opposite of what happened in Game One, where they did that a little bit in Game One, but they just hit every shot. And then mm-hmm. mm-hmm. last night. They missed every shot for for a stretch, and that was the the difference, obviously, in the in the two games. Banker Brian, Redwood City, ninety five seven. The game. What's up, Banker Brian?
1: Hey, uh, hey, JD. J- J- I don't know if you remember me calling after game three. I uh, uh, just talking about how you know how you know I just wasn't worried about the Warriors' offense and trying to get a score off. You know what I was more worried about was uh, you know once you take the lead. Can they sustained that? You know, just like how it was Game Three, right? They had the lead, they lost it with all these turnovers. Uh, game Four, you know, they made the adjustments that was needed. Uh, they got the lead, and they, you know, they, you know, they made sure to walk away with it, right? Steph wasn't having it. Steph didn't want that lead to, to you know, let to be let go in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm all, I'm all about the Warriors' offense and their firepower, despite you know the Celtics having an awesome defense. You know. One way or another, the Warriors are going to find a way to score. So, I'm, um, you know, I'm still saying Game Six. Um, you know, even even when even when the Celtics are looking good, what I love to say is just take it easy. You know, just take it easy, let let the game play. You know, the Warriors, you know, uh, you know they'll they'll find a way. Thank you.
3: Thanks for the call, Brian. Good stuff from banker Brian there, Whitey. I do remember his call
4: um from after game three so thank you banker brian another thing that stands out about that warrior fourth quarter you know the warriors got to the line in the fourth quarter six times they made five of them boston got to the line one time in the fourth quarter again speaks to just how stagnant their offense was in the half court and Warrior defense had a lot to do with that
3: kirk and oakland on 95-7 the game hey kirk
6: Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, I wanted to piggyback on a conversation you guys were having earlier about the loose ball scrums. This has happened in multiple games against the Warriors this playoffs, where the Warriors will get on the floor, tie it up, but get called for the foul. It's happened to Looney and Draymond in the same game, where they would tie it up, get called for the foul, and then later on in the game, uh, the other team will tie it up and get the actual jump ball call. I don't, uh, I know it's kind of taboo to talk about it, but I feel like the Celtics has gotten a good whistle in three out of four of the games when Derek White is shooting more free throws than your entire team at halftime, I think that's kind of a problem. And in that fourth quarter, the free throws, those six free throws were all a step at the end of the game in garbage time. It's not like they were just giving the Warriors more calls than the Celtics. So Warriors, for some reason the Warriors can't get a free throw call to save their lives. I don't know what's going on with it. Do you guys have any ideas why the Warriors don't get the calls that they I feel like they should?
3: Thanks for the call, Kirk. I know that's a bone of contention for a lot of Warrior fans. I thought it was a more even whistle last night than the Warrior fans certainly did. There were the a couple of egregious ones. I know the, the the three point shot where Curry got knocked down should have been an and one, should have been a four point play. Uh, I, I, but again, I I thought last night was more even than than people than I think probably a lot of Warriors fans would would say. I and again, you know, the Warriors. I think Steph, from time to time, gets thrown and and or hit, and and they don't call it at the level. Maybe they do uh, against some of the other superstar players. I think there's something to that, but I just don't think overall it's been as egregious as. And I had a lot of a lot of Warrior fans texting me last night about the calls and the officials. And at one point, I had to say, just watch the freaking game for crying out loud! <laughs> like it's like let it play out. Like it it just. Like, that constant whining about it really does, it, it, it is one of my pet peeves. It really is. And, and look, I, I, I'm always honest about it. I, I thought last night was more like game one in terms of pretty even, neither team happy. You can point out a call or two that, that maybe didn't go the Warriors' way. I thought game two, the Warriors had it, the whistle. I thought game three, the Celtics had the whistle. and And you just kind of go from there. Yeah, Kirk, thank
4: you for the call, and thanks for pointing out that, yeah, all six
3: of those Warrior free throws in the fourth quarter were Steph. Um, it's well, You're not entitled to get free throws. Like, you're just not entitled, and it's not like, – right. nobody says it has to be even. You're like, right. you hear, coaches yeah, you hear this complain. all the time sometimes. Yeah. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. why is it not even? Well, there are a lot of reasons why it's not even. Like, maybe you're not attacking it the same way that, that the other team is, is attacking. Maybe you're shooting a few more jumpers than the other team is. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you're not quite as quick at moving your feet and getting in front of somebody. Like there there are a lot of subtle differences as to why uh, free throw tubble, uh free, th- free throw totals can cannot necessarily always even out. No, you're right. That's a favorite coach complaint.
4: Look at the discrepancy in the free throws. Like, hello? Why, why wouldn't there be a discrepancy in a, in a basketball game? Um, but to me, it gets to the fact, in my opinion, that they the officials are letting more go in this series. They've been letting more go, I think, throughout the postseason. I think some of that is because of pace of play and, and uh, you know, the flow of play. I think that works against the Warriors in general. So I think yes. that's part of it, but also I I understand. I mean, you watch the game and you see Steph Curry. It's Steph freaking Curry. He comes off the screen and he shoots over Horford, and Jason Tatum runs into his back. I mean, right? It's not like it's you know underneath the basket where there's a bunch of bodies, and it just I understand why fans look at that and go, I that that's that's clearly a foul, and you see them call less than that all the time. So maybe it's game situation, you know, officials. Their thing is, well, I don't want to call anything unless it actually there's an advantage gained. But I understand why fans would be just wondering, how does this all work? If that's not a foul, someone knocking him down, what is a foul?
3: Yeah, and I think sometimes they call the foul if they deem that that you foul to get the ball. But once you get the ball, they kind of yeah. let everything go. That's sort of my that's sort of my guideline. Or once somebody has the ball they typically let let everything go. So let, let's get a couple more calls in, 888 Eric in San Jose, uh, you're up next here, Warriors this week. Hey, Eric.
7: Yeah, I want to talk about the starting lineup and just the importance of getting off to an, a, a good start in game time. They've never really gotten off to a good start. I would even lean more into benching Draymond Moore and starting Otto with Looney. Just because, you know,
1: Draymond, he looks out of it. He looks cooked.
3: I don't think that's going to happen. Thanks for the call, Eric. Uh, Draymond's going to be out there at the start. If anything, you may see them separate him and Looney. You may see Porter again, even though Porter himself was. Not really effective. I don't think the Porter part of it did anything. I know we touched on this a little bit earlier. I don't think the Porter part of that move, and he only played 14 minutes, and I think he's a little banged up dealing with the foot that put him on Mm -hmm. the injury report again leading up to that game. So it it also might have been a way for Steve Kerr to say, hey, I know I've only got maybe seven minutes. Uh, in each half for for Otto. I'm just going to give him the first seven minutes of the half, and that's going to be it. And then that changes Looney's rotation. It changes and separates Draymond and Looney, and and it gives him maybe some other options at at different points of the game that he he wouldn't have.
4: Yeah, Porter, uh, clearly Steve Kerr was looking for a mismatch there. Um, and it, it ended up happening on the other end where Porter was struggling to guard Robert Williams to the extent that he had to take him off the floor. I agree with Eric in this sense. I think, and I would be surprised if Steve Kerr doesn't feel this way, I think after the way things went last game, you have to be more open to the possibility of, well, if you get that Draymond who's just not producing, well, I'm not going to play him as much. I mean, we're going to put somebody else out there if we have these stretches here where he's he's not helping and, in fact, has been hurting us, and especially because he respects... Responded well to it when he came back in, he played well. So I do think that's on the table, but I I I don't think there's any way you replace Draymond in
3: the starting lineup. A Raider Debater in Oakland. What's up, Raider Debater?
8: JD Whitey, man, love the show. Thanks for taking my call. I got a couple of questions. This one is serious too, this first one, and I think this serious question will determine if the Warriors win the finals or not. So here it is. Is Steph Curry human? No, and I'm dead serious about this because I looked up the humanoid definition and it was a YouTube clip of video proof of Steph being a wizard. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that he literally solidified himself as the greatest point guard to ever play the game last night. It was truly amazing. I can't say nothing more but, but, but high ups to Steph Curry, man. And now my takes on game four. Warriors' offense is their defense. I do not believe the Celtics can keep up. They're starting to wear down. What I want you guys to kind of get into is that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Jordan Poole are hunting Robin Williams and Al Horford and making them look like barbecue chicken. A lot of people think that Robert Williams is the deciding factor. What I'm seeing is Robert Williams is getting three shot in his face every single time and jumpers, and Al Horford is slow-footed and getting burnt on every single defensive play, all the shots. So I don't think – I think they're unplayable now. I think by game six they'll be unplayable. Andrew Wiggins, and I'm crazy to even be saying this, Andrew Wiggins looks like David Robinson in this, in this, in this series. He is unbelievable. The last question, though, J.D., and I want you to use your journalistic um, integrity and, and your questions to get this out of curve. Jordan Poole, when playing 25-plus minutes a game and scoring 19 points in the playoffs, for some reason he is only averaging 23 points in this series. Is Jordan Poole in the, in, in, in the doghouse, clearly what I see that when Jordan Poole is on the floor, we're pretty much unstoppable. They, they can't guard any of Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. They can't guard those guys with Robert Williams and Al Horford on the, on the court. But for some reason, he's not playing um, the minutes he should be. I think the series would be over if he was playing anywhere in 30 minutes.
3: What do you got? think? It's defense. It's defense. I, and I know, it, I, I know it without even asking at this point because it has been asked. It's defense. Like, you get a question about Jordan Poole's offense, and Steve Kerr immediately will flip it to he's got to be better defensively, and the focus is defensively not only for him but for the entire team. It's defense. He can't – and it's also you want to play Steph more minutes. That means Jordan Poole plays less minutes. You want to play Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins more minutes, that means Jordan Poole plays less minutes. So they're worried about him getting cooked on the other end. Robert Williams has been highly effective at times in this series. There have been times where he's looked hobbled, and in those times, he has not looked highly effective. And Robert Williams has come out and blocked three pointers in this series. So yeah. it, I, I disagree with the Robert Williams, the third part of that. I wholeheartedly agree with the, the Al Horford part of that. And. I wonder what the Celtics are going to do with Horford defensively. I mean, unplayable. I mean, you got to you got to play your you, you got to trust your trustables, right? And he's one of their trustables. But I wonder if they they change up a little bit of of how they try to try to defend with him out there and, and having to be on the perimeter. One of the things I thought we'd see
4: more from Boston, and maybe we will see it more going forward. But I thought uh, Grant Williams would be playing, you know, they'd go small. We'd see more from him. Uh, And he he was in foul trouble last night. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, It's a great point about Horford. I mean, Steph just was hunting him last night. Where's Horford? All right, and he had him, you know, spinning and stumbling and reaching, and Steph took full advantage of that mismatch there. Um, Yeah, as far as Poole goes, you're absolutely right. It's just, I mean, look at game one, look at his plus minus in game one. So, yeah, Jordan Poole is, is, I think he's worse defensively than a lot of Warrior fans realize right now. I mean, he did have, even last night, he had four fouls. He played offensively well, but he had four fouls. Uh, As far as the Raider debater's first question, is Steph Curry human? Probably not. I mean, after last night, I don't know. I don't don't think so. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's something else going
3: on there. He's that good. No doubt. And and can he keep it up? Why can't he? I mean, anybody that's worried about that, I mean, sure, maybe he can't, but he also might. And if he does, Warriors are gonna win this championship. So eight at 0 We got ninety minutes to go here. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week series tied at two in the NBA finals and ninety-five-seven the game.
9: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Here comes Curry the frontcourt. Curry drifting. All eyes on number 30. Bounce pass to Thompson. Fires away. Bang! Thompson top of the key with a three. The Warriors lead by one.
5: Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game.
3: All right, rolling along here on a Saturday. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. About ninety minutes to go. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. A lot of people still uh, that want to talk. I, f- I feel like Whitey. We've had full phone lines really since uh, nine mm-hmm. p.m. Pacific last night, all through the yep. night, and now on into the morning and and almost to the afternoon on the West Coast.
4: Yeah, and you know what else is cool? I mean, everyone's so having such a, a great time with this series. We had our watch party last night. I know Mark Willard was out there with his boys. But, J.D., real quick, before we get back to the phones, at the Giants game, they had, people were watching the game in the concourse. Uh, Dodger fans and Giant fans were crowded around the TVs there in the concourse
3: watching the end of the Warrior game last night. Yeah, and I got to think a lot, of, a lot of Dodger fans may be rooting for the Warriors as well, either either with California ties or – Maybe Dodger fans that are Laker fans and don't want to see the Celtics yeah. win in another championship and 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 moving to number one on the on the all time championship list. Their their Lakers and Celtics are tied right now at seventeen.
4: Yeah, that's interesting. I guess that's a thing. I guess some Laker fans are really worried about that, huh? You don't want the the Celtics get the upper
3: hand in the overall standings. Well, I think you wouldn't want anybody to get the upper hand but you really wouldn't want if you're a Laker fan the Celtics to get the upper hand I would I, I would think with the, the rivalry through the decades between those two uh, and the last two times obviously the Celtics uh, were in the NBA finals uh, they were playing the Lakers actually if you go back to the 80s it might be the last three times the Celtics were in the finals uh, they played the Lakers uh, Sam and Oakland as we continue here on ninety-five-seven. the game hey Sam
5: Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Um, so, J.D., you were on yesterday, and I got to say the um, MVP to me was guru. That speech <laughs> yesterday was fire, and he was spot on. He, he saw it. We weren't playing with the heart we needed to. Um, Williams was taking our heart in the pain. Wiggins, remember when he dunked on Doncic and took his soul? He's passing when he drives now. He was nervous for the last couple games. But now we're starting to get better. Poole, same thing. Double clutching on a layup. He's seeing shadows. He's hearing feet. But the last game, they've started to really play with energy and with confidence. Wiggins really just stepped it up on the boards. If Williams is going to try to block every shot, the other people got to crash and they'll get that board. So what I really saw yesterday was everyone else finally just stepping it up, getting in their chest. And when they were there, when they were finally there and the Warriors were in front of them and they were given some resistance, that's when the Celtics started to look a little different. So shout-out, Guru, man. Y'all got to replay that. That was fire. And I hope they heard that because they were playing like they heard that. And uh, if the Warriors keep doing that, then it's really going to be on the Celtics to step up and figure something out. And that's what I think. Bye, guys.
3: Thanks for Bye. the call. Good call. Sam and Oakland checking in. Uh, yeah, Brian's got it got it ready to roll here. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and hear. I don't know if this is the whole speech. Uh, maybe it is the whole speech. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got about a one-minute excerpt of, of the speech at a minimum. I thought it was a little bit longer than that. But my, my math could be off. But, uh, yeah, Brian, go ahead and roll. Go ahead and roll. This was Guru yesterday. Uh, asked him for his his motivational speech if he was uh, in the locker room before the game last night in Boston for, for the Warriors. And here, here's what Goop pulled out of the hat.
8: Listen, man, I don't know what's going to happen in this series, but I'll tell you what, we are champs, three-time champs. And all I ask you is to look around, look at your brother, look at me, and give it your all. I don't care if we win or lose. You got to go out there and be tough. Not just for you, but for us and our fans. I don't know what's going to happen, but we got to go out there and fight. I'm tired of getting pushed around. I'm tired of being asked why we're not fighting. Again, men, bring it in. All I can (laughs) ask you to do is fight. Let's go out there and take the Celtics' ass. Let's go to the end of the day. We're Warriors. Oh, three. Kick their ass. One, two, three. Kick their ass. Let's go.
4: Wow. Daryl
3: the Guru Johnson, everybody. I mean, uh, absolutely incredible. I'm ready.
4: Yeah. I'm ready for for game five. Yeah. You know, to Sam's point and the Guru's speech, it was about playing with force last night and playing tough, and I think that really uh, was a factor at that defensive end, J.D. Last night, you know, you look at the halftime numbers, and the Warriors had to feel lucky to be only down by five in the second half. Boston scored 43 points. Boston scored 43 points in the second half last night. That's where that game was won.
3: And that's something that I thought the Warriors would be able to do more than they have in this series, which is really bog down the Celtics and force them into to more extended Uh, dry spells offensively, which would give the Warriors opportunities for their offense. And and I think the Warriors, at least going into it, had more potential offensive options. Now, it hasn't totally rung true in this series to this point, but last night it did. They had the Celtics so bogged down that the others for the Warriors could do enough, in conjunction, of course, with with Steph having an all-time legendary finals performance. That guy in Oakland next here. What's up, that guy? Hey,
7: good morning, fellas appreciate you taking my call hey a guru killed it with that that he sounded kind of like mock rivers you know you know what that thing he does Mm
0: -hmm. it was awesome
7: um hey jd first of all brother i want to know what energy drink or what coffee do you drink because you got you have been killing it i don't have you slept (laughs) since last night
3: (laughs) yes uh, i have and and i did get i did get some sleep in you know what it's funny is as i i dropped it you know those that know me know I, I dropped a few LBs like like 45 or 50 right, right. uh with, within the last couple of years and and the one thing I swore off I used to slug them all the time like no joke <laughs> I used to slug energy wow. like maybe two a day on on like trips like this wow I'm going I'm go but but not now no I that was like 3 4 years ago that that all went away and honestly man it's it's bottled water maybe a little little Dunkin donuts coffee cuz there's one on every corner here in Boston but nothing overdoing it. Man. I'm just, I'm, I'm riding the wave. That guy, I'm riding the wave of just being in Boston and covering the finals and the playoffs. I love the travel. Honestly, man, it, this, this stuff gives me energy. Like people say, my God, going back and forth cross country. Like there's nothing I'm looking forward to more than coming home this afternoon and going to practice tomorrow and the game on Monday and then hopping right back on a flight to come back here. It's, it's awesome. I think it's the best part of being able to cover these playoffs and series is talking about them. I get juice from things that I think other people, it would take a lot out of them, if that makes sense.
7: No, that's awesome, man. What a time to be alive, right, during this run. I mean, if they win it, you and Whitey, they should give you guys media rings if they win it all here because you guys have been knocking it out. And speaking of, uh, I remember last summer you were talking about taking off some LBs with uh, Covey. And speaking of last summer, you remember last summer when we were calling all everyone was calling in, and we were like, well, <laughs> can we stay out of the, play, the play-in The game? Can we remember that? And who would have thought nine months later we're two wins away from another title? It's just unbelievable. And to, to speak to that one caller, who, if, if Steph Curry is human or not, if you go back to 347 in the fourth quarter, he put on an absolute clinic with his handles before he, he laid that finger roll up and then that, that was unbelievable. But, and what he did, I think, guys, is he's the catalyst now because, the, you know, Poole, Draymond, Clay, they, they've been mediocre. They've had their moments, not, and not some good and some bad, but they're not going to let him down now. I think this is the fire that's going to get all these guys rolling. They're going to look at it like, you know what, this is a three-game set, like in baseball. we got to win two out of three now. It, it's all even. we got three games. Let's win two of them. And, and just I'll let one more point, and I'll let you go, is I think Kerr is a freaking genius, man. You know, he did what he did with Clay, and he did it with Draymond and he knows he's going to need those guys down the stretch. And this is going to create that fire coming into Monday. They're not going to want to get pulled out again. They're going to go out there and want to kill it, run through a wall. And so I, I think what Kerr did was an absolute genius move, and it worked, and it paid off. And I think we'll be playing next Sunday on Father's Day. I'm out, guys. Have a great weekend. Get some rest, JD.
3: Appreciate it. That guy I know I wish I could sleep on planes. That's the one other thing, just to kinda really? finish up that last point. Yeah. I, I, I um, wish I could. I can't. I get a little fidgety uh flying and, and every time I, I try to settle in, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna knock out uh and, and it just it doesn't work oh, that's out too bad. but uh We'll get home and bad. get a good night. Yeah. We'll get a good get a good night tonight. Get a little get a little rest tomorrow around practice. I I may actually go to the Giants game tomorrow. Believe it or not. There you go. Because it's gonna it's gonna run. Why not just keep it going, right? Because it's gonna run right up against the the time of the the Warriors and, and Celtics practices over at Chase. So I might just I might head over and catch a couple innings. Is that Kershaw? Is Kershaw supposed to pitch? You know what? I'm not sure. I'm, okay. I'm not I, I I'm I'm not sure. Uh, okay, um, but yeah, why not? Just keep riding yeah. that wave. By the way, that guy's
4: car is immaculate. They did a nice job on his car last night when he called us from the car wash. But here's the thing, that guys, you were talking. I was thinking of this. You know, if the Warriors win this series, and right now, yeah, everything's looking good. Draymond owes Steph. I don't know, a new car, new house. I don't know. Because just think if the Warriors, you know, if they lo- if they were to lose this thing, and I know it still could happen, but the way Draymond's played, can you imagine with everything that's going on in Boston um, and as poorly as he's played, if the Warriors lose this series – I mean, just think of what a heavy load there Draymond's going to have to carry. If Steph continues to do what he did last night, it's not a problem. It's a footnote. Oh, yeah, and Draymond didn't play that well, and they had to sit him down. So if Steph carries his team across the finish line, uh, Draymond, I don't know, J.D., what what is he going to owe him?
3: Well, I mean, that's a huge the, debt. The, the, I don't think – do you think – and, and you, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but do you think that the conversation would have been – like what would the convers? If the Warriors don't win last night, I think it's fun to kind of go into that. You, I, I think the biggest thing wouldn't be Draymond getting benched, other than he played very poorly. I, I think a lot of people would be thinking, well, he deserved to get benched. He played, he played poorly. Um, so he would be taking heat for, I think, playing poorly. Yeah. I think the thing we'd be talking about the most, though, would be why did Steve Kerr sit Steph Curry at the beginning of the fourth quarter? He needed to be mm-hmm. playing the whole second half, right? And, and yeah. Kerr, I don't want to say got away with it because he said that he didn't like how the fourth quarter went at the beginning of the fourth quarter the other night when Curry was out there at the beginning of the fourth quarter because he didn't think he had enough rest and he wanted to get him a little bit of a rest and also give the others a little bit of an opportunity to buy a couple of minutes by keeping the Warriors in the game.
4: Yeah. And by the way, thank you to Brian, our producer. And thanks to those who have uh, corrected me on this. Kershaw, <clears throat> excuse me, Clayton Kershaw is tonight against Sammy long. And then tomorrow, JD, you would see Rodon against Urias. So that would be a, a heck of a matchup. Um, yeah, it's. I think Steve Kerr has done a really good job with Steph's minutes, and I know he's been criticized. And how can you, how can you take him out there? But he's seen it, and he spoke to it after last night. Very diplomatically, he's like, last game. I didn't like the way things went in the fourth quarter. You know, Steph ran out of gas, but he didn't want to say that. So clearly, he's aware of. If I could. Everyone wants me to play Steph more, more, more because he's so good. It doesn't mean he's going to be as good as I keep if I keep playing him because Steph is working so hard at both ends. So Steve Kerr, I think, has handled that really well, giving Steph just
3: enough rest so that he's still able to be as productive as he was last night. Great point, quick text uh from the six five o uh booze before you board j d booze before you board <laughs> you will go right to sleep uh, that from Matsuyama mike yeah, that does typically happen and uh it it doesn't doesn't no bueno, typically huh? help yeah mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it doesn 't typically help it's no i mean i 'm fine with it but and i'm and i'm relaxed i 'm a little more relaxed as anyone might be. But it, it doesn't necessarily knock me out as far as going to sleep. That is a
4: long flight. And I know you know if you go to Australia or something, it's much longer. But Coz and I used to do the you know games for this football team that was playing once in Hartford and we were flying back in the middle of the night back to you know the West Coast and I'll never forget. It was one of those things where I, was like, I can't wait to get home. So you're kind of you know antsy already. And I felt like we'd been in the air for a long time. And I'll never forget this. It's like, hey, I wonder oh, no. you know, where we are. And I looked out the window. and It's like the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> My goodness. We've we've been in the air. You'd only don't gone know, like an hour. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I hope you're able to enjoy your flight, JD. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I. It. Yeah. Should be. Should be, it'll be all right. It'll, it'll be all right. Just, let's just get home safely and everything will yeah. be all right. Let's, uh, let, let's hear that, that Steve Kerr clip about Steph not starting the fourth quarter. Brian had queued that up for us, and then we'll get to a couple of more calls here before the top of the hour
6: yeah he was not happy,
3: but um you know I felt pretty good about where we were you know the other night he played the whole fourth I didn't love the way that quarter went not not because of how he played, but I think we were in a pretty good spot you know to to buy him a few minutes in that in the fourth quarter to start i think to me it was important, but you never know how it all plays out you just kind of go with go with your gut yeah, so going with the gut there, and I think it was I think it was the right call. I was a little surprised and, and look Steph's never gonna be happy about it, but I, I think it's the right call to get him a little bit of rest and, and have him more effective in the minutes that he's playing than just having him out there. And I think that's a subtle difference that Steve Kerr over the years has noticed. In Steph's game, to where when you do get him a, couple, a little rest, he's more effective than maybe he would be if you don't. And that's important. It's not just having him out there. I think a lot of times Warriors fans want him out there uh, no matter what. And, you know, it, it doesn't always work out for the best. And it didn't in the game on. Uh, on on Wednesday night, and and Warrior fans are saying, well, the reason it didn't was because he took him out when he was hot, and he should have just rolled through and not sat him down. So I think Mm, that's kind of a
4: never-ending conversation a little bit, Whitey. Yeah, 41 minutes last night, and to me the proof's in the pudding, the fact that as we've discussed, and I think Charlie, uh, when he called, he pointed out that Steph Curry – was fresh in the fourth quarter, and Boston as a team looked like they were wearing down. So if I'm Steve Kerr, I see that and I go, "Yeah, I'm I'm
3: fine with the way I handled Steph's minutes last night." Uh, let's go to Masquan, Masquan in Oakland. What's up, Masquan?
2: Hey, hey, hey! First time caller. Um, I just have a couple of questions, then I'm gonna get off and let you guys answer them. It's kind of just what you guys were talking about. The can you hear me? Yep. Yep, loud and clear. All right, the first – okay, cool. The first one is about Steve Kerr. And my question is, should he Should he? Uh, should he prepare for a seven-game series? And by that I mean go all out to win game five, which I think we will. But then let's assume we win game five and go back to Boston for game six. Maybe give, like, Kaminga, Moody, and even Jordan Poole some more minutes. Basically, give Steph, Clay, and Andrew Wiggins a little less minutes. Only because Boston is way more athletic than us. But as you guys have just said plenty of times, they're getting tired. They got tired in the fourth quarter. They weren't dry. They weren't attacking the basket anymore. They was just shooting jumpers, and the jumpers was coming up short. And I'm just thinking if we do that, one, they might choke. We don't know if they have championship DNA yet. They might choke, and, you know, we just win the game anyway. And, of course, if we're down by like six or seven by the start of the fourth, you go for the juggler and bring everybody. But I'm wondering if that's my first question. I'm wondering if that's a good strategy to just, try to give Steph, Clay, and Wiggins a little less of a load in game six, just so we know that in game seven, we'll be fresher than them. My second question is – Okay, yeah. My last question is, uh, is Steph Curry leapfrogging LeBron James and – Kobe Bryant in terms of the closest player to being the greatest of all time. Well in my opinion I, I consider that Michael Jordan. But I see Steph as someone I see Michael Jordan changed the game. Six six guard coming into a league dominated by big men. Now everybody's a six six guard with the same kind of skills. Steph Curry got elementary school kids coming down court shooting threes on fast breaks when they had an open layup. Some say he's ruined the game but he's definitely changed it. And what he did last night is taking him away from just, oh, I'm just the best shooter that you've ever seen. And I'm actually one of the best players that you've ever seen. So it's Steph Curry getting closer on that Mount Rushmore and not just like, oh, he's a better shooter than Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. But no, I'm one of the best players that you've ever seen. And my name should be on, my face should be on that mountain. By the time I'm done, that's it. Thank you very much.
3: Let, let's go second one first here, Whitey. Uh, as far as that goes, and I I think you got to win this championship to start having that conversation. But I, I mean, I I I don't know about leapfrogging. And I and I have Jordan number one. I I don't know about leapfrogging Kobe or LeBron at least at this point. Now Kobe's got one more championship and. Yeah, you know, LeBron. He would he would obviously be even even with LeBron and the and the four. Mm-hmm. I think I I don't know. I, I I think we got a ways to go. I I don't think he would be leapfrogging either of those two at this point. But I mean, he's right there in the conversation. I think in the next group, or if you want to continue that list down a little bit farther, but there's so many. Like to me, you got to put Magic Johnson in there. You got to put you know, there's others that you can put in there. Uh, I, I think that have won a lot and, and, and been, you know, hall of fame caliber legends and players. Yeah. I know I mentioned this stat earlier,
4: but let me just run, run through it again. Cause it's so germane to, to uh the question there, most 30 point games in the NBA finals career, Jordan 23, LeBron 22 Shaq 16, then Kobe and Curry with 13. I'm with you, JD. I don't think right now, to Masquan's question. I don't think Curry is leapfrogging Kobe or LeBron right now, but right now what he's doing, especially last night, is showing that I can do, I can play the way those guys were playing, And that was one thing that some of the naysayers have been saying is like, yeah, Steph is a nice player in the right system and he's a nice shooter, but he can't do things like LeBron and Kobe did. And what we saw last night was, no, he can. So I don't know if he keeps that up and continues with, with that. Maybe we get to a point where he's leapfrogging somebody on that, but no, he's just right now he's shown that, yeah, he can be that type of player. As far as the other thing, Kuminga and Moody, no, there's just no way you want to rest your players that are playing heavy minutes by rolling the dice on one of your younger players in a freaking finals no. game.
3: Yeah, no, you go all out to win game five, and then you go all out to game six, but you also don't chase game six. I think that's that's the thing. I think Steve Kerr said that, you know, if the game starts to get away from you, maybe you don't chase that game, kind of like they didn't chase the game in Memphis, but you still try to win it because you have been able to come back in games yeah. where you've been down and have some big runs, but but if you feel like it's really getting out of hand, you call it off maybe in the second half, and get ready for a game seven at that point. But no, there's there's no margin for error to be playing around. You got to go all in and and look. The Celtics haven't lost two in a row uh, for the the whole playoffs. So you got to go all in to get five, and then you got to go all in to try and six as well. So eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero, Final hour, the power hour as we move on into the afternoon. More phone calls. We'll get back to the Xfinity mobile text line, uh, and we'll continue. To discuss the NBA Finals as they sit at 2-2, it's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
9: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by
7: T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.